Welcome to the Talking Freelance Podcast. If you're new to freelancing or looking to maximize your success on platforms like Upwork, you're in the right place. Each week, we invite industry experts and freelance superstars where we unpack their strategies and hear their stories on how they launched and grew their own freelance businesses. Here's your host, a successful entrepreneur, freelancer, and success strategist, Leah Myers. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to have a guest here today. Her name is Ishelle and I met her through a networking um, organization and I'm super excited to bring her on as a financial expert, financial analyst, um, just to bring you some foundational financial information from the very beginning as you're beginning to build your Upwork business. Um, And if you're not just starting out Hopefully there's some takeaways for you as well to help you make sure that you have a solid financial um, foundation for your business. So I will um, just kind of start with a story and just kind of explain like why I wanted to bring a financial expert into the podcast at this time, because it's super important. Everyone is starting their Upwork business or they're starting, um, financial reasons are at the forefront of everyone's business. Like it's important to make money. Yes, you have to spend money to make money. But at the end of the day, I want to make sure that you are financially stable. And the goal is to be financially stable out of the gate. So when I started up on Upwork and I was freelancing, I was not financially stable. I was working in a way that I was financially desperate to make money. So when I was in that kind of circle of life. Um, I was taking any jobs that I could just make some money on, which in hindsight did work out to my benefit because I was able to niche down and go down a path of what's what's made most sense for my life going forward. But also in hindsight, I would have loved a path, a little bit easier path instead of taking some clients that I was not fit to take on but I needed to take on to make sure that I had grocery money for my two teenagers at the time. So I'm going to just let um, Ishelle kind of take it from here and just kind of give you some tips, tricks, pointers, and we'll just kind of continue the conversation on bringing finances, taking the scary part of finances out and making it more realistic and bringing it down to some tactical takeaways for you. Thank you so much, Leah, for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to uh, your audience here and just sharing that. I mean, you're not the only entrepreneur that's come into this space and has had to deal with that. A lot of us have had that because we maybe don't have that um, financial um, acumen or or knowledge or even you, you just want to get in and you want that freedom and you want to be able to make that money, right? And so one of the things that I always advise people is that when you're coming in, come in and not just have an idea of, like you were saying, I needed to make money to put food in the table, but also define how much time it's going to take you away from your actual lifestyle now to be able to provide that service. And the reason why that's important is because sometimes we think especially in Upwork, when you're going hourly, I'm only going to charge um, for 10 hours to create this, this project or this work. And it ends up being 15. And that eats away from your 
from your money coming in. So being really mindful and intentional about defining how long is this really going to take away from my day. And then going into the second thing that we need to be conscientious of is how much is it going to cost me to provide those services? Not just the time, like I said, there's that five hour gap in the example I just gave, but also what tools am I going to need in order to provide that service? Um, so that I can quote the the service properly. And again, when I mean quote, I don't mean what your worth is, but what the value of that service that you're providing is. A lot of us come in here and we hear charge your worth and that's really scary and it makes it so uh, just not tangible enough. Like how much am I worth? It's not about your worth. It's about the value of the service that you're providing the time you're putting in and the expertise that you have that you have coming in. All of that plays into um, how you position, how much you're going to quote for that price so that you are profitable, right? And you're making that money and you're not undercharging for the services that you're providing. So in your case, I'm not sure, like, can you give me an example of one of the jobs that you took on? Yeah. So I'm just going to bring it to more today relevant. So when I quote a job and I'm doing a project, it's a different, it's a different quote if I'm doing the beginning to end project, but it's a completely different quote if I am beginning the project and teaching someone else how to continue the project on because it's taken me years to get where I am. So my knowledge is valuable. So that has to be accounted for somewhere. And so if I were to just charge my hourly rate, I can get a lot of training done in an hour and usually they want to record it where they just took my knowledge that I've been working on for the past five plus years and they have that for one hourly rate. So that's where at the very beginning of my conversations, I need to be clear when I'm talking to my clients on, am I doing the full project or am I using my expertise to teach someone how to do that? And I'm not saying every little thing, you know, for me, I just have clients, okay, how do I load my own blog? One, I don't want to load people's blogs anymore. Um, and so I will, I have no problem giving them a Loom training video on that. But if they want a complete, how do I enhance the, the SEO on my overall site? If I were to do that by myself, that's going to take me 10 hours to do, but I can teach them how to do it in less than an hour. And then mm-hmm. they go and do it. So then I just fractionalize, like I have a fraction of what I would have gotten if I would have done it myself. You know, so there's that type of conversation that I have to be upfront with just to know who I'm working with is going to be super important too. So I really love that you brought up that example because my next point was the value. Like how do you define the value? And a lot of it has to do with defining what we call scope in the online space or business space is just getting really clear as to what what am I actually doing for the client? In your example, you said it'll take me 10 hours to do the SEO versus teaching them how to do it. There's instances where clients are going to ask you to do the 10 hour job plus do a tutorial for them. So then it would be a combination package of almost like coaching and doing the thing for future people to do. So being really mindful of that, um, defining what it is that you're going to be doing because then your pricing is going to be different. And when I mentioned the time and the cost, 
that's your your hourly rate. So if that's what your like your previous employer would have paid you to do that, but when you are actually coaching and as a consultant, you should not just add the portion of the value you're providing because of the coaching. You should also buffer the cost of what is it that you want your profit to be at the end of the day. Because I have taken a lot of different courses on how to enhance SEO. I've taken a lot of courses on how to build a strategic sales page, like all of those different things. And so that's incurred a cost to me that somehow Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have incurred, I mean, I wouldn't have incurred that if I wasn't going down and building my knowledge. So you think about it as someone who is going through college and they have a two-year versus a four-year degree, that plays a part in the in the workplace. You know, it should be the same way in the freelancing world. Like if I have taken this certification and this certification, or not even necessarily certifications, because there's a lot of courses that teach you a ton of information, mm-hmm. but you're not getting a certification, but you've spent the time educating yourself, that is a different value that you're providing versus those people who are just coming in and in t- doing what you're telling them. Exactly. And to your point, if you want to define what that value is, I would suggest that you take the cost of that, what you actually paid for that course and say, I want to make that money back by five clients or 10 clients. And so tack on that cost divide that cost by that. And so then now you've, you're actually increasing your pricing because you've educated yourself. You, it's not even about just educating you, you're fine tuning your expertise so that it's, they get a better product, right? And you can actually do it in a, in a lower short of a time. And then you're more profitable at the same time because it's taking you less time to do it. Right. So that's, I think where you alluded to eventually I started taking on jobs that eventually benefited me because at the end of the day, that portion, the ideal is that you fine tune your expertise and you shorten the time it takes you so that you can actually get a bigger profit at the end of the day. And you're charging more, of course, because of the expertise that you have based on the courses or certifications or school that you've taken. Yep. And so for me, I still work. um, Most of my clients are still hourly. And so I've kind of played around with like, at this point in time, my knowledge and my expertise, I should be charging a lot more for these projects But the reason that I don't is because I want a consistent paycheck that's paid hourly. And I have some clients that would, you know, are six to eight months or they're behind on their deadlines of when they're getting content to me. And I need that as a consistent for my family's lifestyle. And so I'm not saying that I'm doing it like right. It's just the personal choice that I've done. Um, So where I, what I have done is I've continuously increased my hours. So in my niche, I'm probably one of the top hourly rates. And so when clients come to me and say, hey, I can get this service from this person at this rate, will you match it? And my initial answer is no, but here's why. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I can do, I'm efficient. I've taken this education and here's my education link. And they have like, it lists every single one of my courses. 
And I, it tells them on there, at the time that I purchased that course, this is how much I paid. And so if you want to go out and learn that yourself, like you're going to have to go through and pay for all of these different courses. And I'm telling you, my education is like over $30,000 plus that's all relevant in the clients that I'm taking on. And so they see that that's when they're okay with the value that I'm charging. And I tell them the reason that I charge hourly is because I am a true strategist. And so I want to be able to help them and guide them down a path that makes the most sense. Um, If we need to pivot, I don't want to have to redo a complete contract of like, this is what I quoted you. This is why it's different. Those are not fun conversations. Whereas if I break it down into, this is what I quoted you, but now we're changing it and this is the new value and here's the task list that's going to take and accomplish that, they're a lot more understanding because there's no back-end changes to those contracts. It's just, yep, it's a verbal agreement or it's an in-message agreement that this is the change of estimated hours. Um, So that's why that works for me. I'm not saying that it's going to work for everyone. Um, And a few episodes ago, we did go a little bit deeper dive into fixed rate versus hourly rates on Upwork. And so I still think that, you know, you have to do what makes the most sense for you. And I do fully think that fixed rates are going to get you the most value if you don't have any outside contributors that are going to change the scope of the project. That makes complete sense. Um, I think there's something key that you said. I can verbally explain to the client why I'm charging what I'm charging you at an hourly rate. As you go along the way, you are going to be able to charge more, whether it's hourly or like a fixed lump sum for the project, because you already have that expertise. Um, But it's so crucial that you voice it, that you don't just arbitrarily just throw, I'm going to charge you $50 and not be able to say, well, I'm charging you more because of X, Y, and Z. And I think that that's why you've been successful, the way that you have your pricing strategy. And as long as, Leah, absolutely, you need to do what works for you, Yeah. right? I could sit here and tell you, well, you you could do that as a retainer and then figure out and diversify your revenue, which is something that I would tell my clients, but you do it yep. when you're ready. I'm, I'm a proponent of making sure that you start off setting yourself out right by pricing accurately so that you're not just breaking even, you're including that profit. And as you evolve as an entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever you may want to call yourself, you consider, is this still working for me? I have give yourself permission and grace to pivot, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're doing. So. You're doing great. (laughs) And so what I have done as well, like going into more like identifying what your costs are. So you working as a freelancer, you might have a desktop computer, you might have a laptop computer, you might have an app, you know, an iPad or something like that. I budget in. um, So I have my technology paid for. Um, I budget in the fact that I pay like Whenever I've called in to upgrade my internet to the latest and greatest, they kind of laugh at me. They're like, what could you possibly be doing? But like, 
I have clients that say it takes an hour and a half to load a video. And I'm like, mm, it takes me less than 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because I pay that extra for that speed on that internet. So thinking about every single cost, you know, I pay for upgraded storage. I pay for, you know, these different enhancements that I use on the back end to deliver a quality product for my clients. Mm-hmm. So just making sure that you're budgeting that into how you're, you know, how you're bidding out jobs too, I think is important. Yes. And you said a keyword budget. I think coming, you know, what I'm defining as to your timing and your cost is like really looking into and writing down. These are the expenses like you do, right? And as they increase, adjusting that pricing. Don't be afraid to adjust your pricing because you've had to get a tool that's going to make you, that's going to help you provide service faster or even in a better quality. But make sure you adjust the pricing and increase it. Yep. You don't just swallow that that cost and then it reduces your profit. Yep. Every year I budget for a new laptop and people are like, why? You have a Mac. It's supposed to last many years. I'm like, it just gets bogged know. down. It's not the latest and greatest. It takes more time to do different things. It, it interferes with my efficiencies. And I've even gone so... This is neat. This is kind of geeking out a little bit into the Apple products, but I've taken like and compared an Apple um, Air computer Mm -hmm. to a Pro, and the Pro is just so much better that it's worth the extra, you know, money when you're using it every single day. Yes, absolutely. So that's you know, so those are just things to consider as well. Um, but it's important to make sure that you're setting yourself out financially smart from the very beginning, you know, using the resources that you have, doing trial periods on different softwares that you feel might be helpful for your business and making sure that you're testing those to see if they're a true expense that is necessary too. You know, I want to add something to that because, you know, we were talking about how we're both moms and one of the things I think as moms, we don't take into consideration, and this is more in the how much profit do I want to make, is if I am sitting down and networking or I am sitting down and fulfilling the service for this client, is it costing me more to have a babysitter and what that is and putting that in there? And that is, I think, it might seem like irrelevant, but it is very relevant to to moms out there. And um, I think that that's another way that we tr- we shortchange ourselves too. We don't define the outside cost, the true cost of me doing this action versus doing that action and making sure that you account to them. Yeah, for sure. It's like um, you have 40 hours a week to work, for mm-hmm. example, but are you billing every single one of those 40 hours or mm-hmm. is responding to emails or answering phone calls or hopping on a Zoom call for clarifications, are those all billable hours? Mm-hmm. Usually they're not. And so if you know that you want to make X amount every single week and you you can't just break it down into those 40 billable hours because there is going to be those time sucks that things are going to take longer that are not billable. You know, so if you're base, if you take a, you know, I want to make, for example, I want to make $4,000 a week and I have 40 hours that I can do it in, Mm -hmm. 
you don't take 40 hours divided by 4,000, which ends up being, you know, $100 an hour. You need to take it lower, like do 32 hours or 35 hours. So you give yourself a buffer time, Mm -hmm. especially if you're working with clients. Like it was, that was a huge thing for me. When I was working with clients in person versus Mm -hmm. online, versus online, you can say, I have another call or I have another commitment you know, now where I have a hard stop at whatever time, you have a clock in your background constantly. You mm-hmm. can put that boundary out there. But if you're working with them in person or you're at a networking event, they take a lot. I mean, they can take a lot longer. So just being very conscious of your time, I think, mm-hmm. goes is a direct correlation of your finances. Yep. 100%. <laughs> yeah. What other tips, tricks would you like to share? Um, I think, I, I mean, when we're talking about just setting yourself up for that success, it's just, again, like you just said right now, being very conscientious of your time, understanding that, like, you know, someone once told me I did an audit of my time and I do that all the time <laughs> because with a child, you think, oh, it's going to take me 10 minutes to get in the car. It takes you half an hour, <laughs> like really audit, right? How much time do you have to to dedicate to your business and yep. then buffer it in there as well as defining those costs, um, adding that value as you go, as you grow into your expertise, making sure that you take in there in your pricing that profit that you want to make, that you need to make, right? And then I kind of alluded to this, and I think this is when you are much more seasoned, is do I need to diversify the type of services that I provide in order to, um, depending on what you're offering. For instance, if you're a website designer and you know that you have lulls over the year, what else can I possibly provide? And, you know, that's going a little bit deeper more into your finances. But um, what I think people dread is this idea of tracking those expenses on a monthly basis. Get yourself a bookkeeping software, whether it's Wave that's free, and and track it. You don't need to have an accountant. And with that particular software, you don't need to understand the whole accounting lingo, but it helps you analyze, did I forget about this? Right. Right? Because you see your profits at the end of the month. And always remembering that you're also paying taxes as well on the profit, not your revenue. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. All right. Do you want to go ahead and share a little bit about um, the resource that you're providing the Talking Freelance audience? Yes. So I am providing um, a 10 questionnaire type of um, paper that you just keep with yourself and you kind of check in with yourself like you do. Like, And it, it just reminds you of the questions to ask yourself in order to make sure that you are pricing yourself based on the value that you're providing and not based on your worth. And you're defining the time, the cost, and as well as the boundaries that you're going to need in order to go ahead and provide that service. So whether you're starting a new service, I mean, delivering a new service, you're starting new in business, or you just want to revamp, I think that would be really beneficial for every business owner to ask themselves periodically throughout. For sure. Um, This has been so helpful. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us. Um, And so everyone can go ahead and message me directly on the link um, in the show notes if they have any questions specifically for Ishelle and I will get them over to her and we'll definitely have you back on the podcast in the future. This has been super valuable. 
um, just to keep the forefront of making money at the top of your business. Like we do, we do the things that we love. We choose to be an entrepreneur because we want that financial control. And we just need to make sure that we're taking the time to value, evaluate that our value in making the same, the money that we are wanting to make. So thank you so much. And, um, Michelle's contact information will be in the show notes. If you have any questions directly for her, you can reach out to her directly. Um, and then we will, um, have her back in a future episode to continue this conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Talking Freelance with freelance expert, Leah Myers. Each Monday, a new episode is released. You can find us on all major podcast networks and at talkingfreelance.com. It is the mission of this podcast to support you to achieve success. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are those of Leah Myers only and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Upwork. Leah Myers is not an employee of, nor does she receive any compensation from Upwork.